Chicago Blackhawk fans, welcome to another Blackhawks Ringcast, Season 7, Episode 5. The reality of a rebuild, folks. Yes, it's happening. It is disappointing. Tuesday night against the Boston Bruins was tough to watch. But uh, the Blackhawks, as we've said before, they're going to have a tough time, and we're here to discuss that and many other things tonight regarding to our Hawks and the NHL. And uh, we've got the usual tonight, kind of a last year's original cast, in a sense. Got Andrew Bard. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's going on? What's happening? And Sean Fitzgerald with a camo hat. A camo Blackhawks hat. Yeah, I don't know if you can see me. You know, see no, we got head. you. Uh-huh. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> the fan's <laughs> not going. The, the head is safe. Yeah. So we're going to be all set. So anyway, folks, uh, you know, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, Blackhawks are, oh boy, two and four right now. After the last time we had a podcast. Um, they were doing what were they two and hell I don't know two and two or are they two and four what's the deal where am I what day is today losing my mind yeah, anyway, they're, they're two and five two and five Black yeah. just like the ba- five. just like the Bears just like they've, the Bears Not they've great. lost three straight they haven't won since the uh, Toronto game yep haven't won since Toronto game they got blanked at home uh, by the Boston Bruins on Tuesday night the Boston Bruins who are now six and zero. Oh, uh, one of three undefeated teams in the NHL, the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights, who the Hawks have also faced. So um, any big surprises, guys? I mean, two and five, that sounds about right. I mean, I don't, you know, we were excited, you know, when they got, you know, when they had a two and three road trip and they they came back. And when we talked a few days ago, now they've just kind of gotten beaten up the last couple games and it hasn't been close. Um, it hasn't been close. They've been they've been outplayed. They've been out. I mean, they're outstaffed. I guess you could say. Bardo, what do you think? T- talk to me about Tuesday night and, and the last few games in general. I mean, start with the last few games. I mean, look, they've played four games in total this season against teams that have not lost, and that right. so that basically is four That's out outrageous. of their se- yeah four <laughs> out of their really seven outrageous. games. They they're not winning those games and. You know, to the people that booed them the other night, shame on them. I mean, quite yeah. frankly, I think the effort was there. I just think they were sloppy. Um, and maybe that's, you know, that kind of trumps effort at that point. But, um, but yeah, I mean, look, they're not going to win a lot of games this year. They're not good. I mean, Bedard, we have to remember, just turned 18. Mm-hmm. This team is really all about talent development. They have a lot of, you know, journeymen, older people, older players, and, you know – that they're not good and three rookies on defense every single night. They're, they're not a good team. They're not. I mean, you compare their rosters next to some of these teams that are undefeated. It's not close. It's not close. Yeah. And, Shawnee, you know, get down. I was going to say, and, you know, and, and Blackhawk fans have to actually remember it wasn't too long ago when the Hawks were, you know, atop of the NHL. And when you put their roster against some of the other bottom feeders, it was a joke. So now the roles are reversed and we, you know, fans just have to be patient and just enjoy the ride and just, you know, be patient, watch the development. That's all it is. Sean, are you catching that same Frisbee, my friend? Yeah, definitely. Um, They definitely understaffed as a team and their goaltending. I mean, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, So Soderblom fell on his face. 
think he gave up three or four. Uh, Morazic had a rough night. And it, it's not all on them. Like Bard said, they have three rookie defensemen. Um, some of the mistakes these young defensemen are making are egregious and leading mm-hmm. to shots on goal and goals. So um, you can't make mistakes with Vegas. You can't make mistakes with uh, – I know the, the Bruins are a little bit depleted from what they were a year ago, but they still have stars. Six they, still have, they still have Pasternak. Uh, yeah. Their rookie looks to be like an NHL player. Uh, they still have NHL guys on their roster. Yeah. And the Hawks are still trying – they're trying to develop guys at the NHL level. So um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a learning curve. It's a rebuilding year. And I, I don't understand why – like I get the fans are booing because it was it was like one of the first games at home. Like you're, you're really excited. You're amped up. Um, I think the whole course of that Bruins game was changed mm-hmm. when the Bedard goal was called back as offside. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, and, and that may have let a lot of air out of that building. And then they surrendered the, the three goals rather quickly right after that. So, yeah, I think that it, that could have been a much different hockey game had that goal stood. And, you know, like it or not, those are the NHL rules right now. Yeah. Does that rule stink? Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about before, and obviously we were trading texts and DMs back and forth that anything that happens 30 seconds before the actual goal scoring opportunity should not matter um yeah, that zone entry had little to do with bedard's goal no one was happier right. than charlie Coyle after throwing that puck right in the middle of the ice yeah right too. Um, but yeah no i i think that that totally changed the trajectory of the entire game um you know so it's i mean i when bedard scores or when the blackhawks even get on the board or if they i mean how many games have they even had a lead um in some of these mm-hmm. so you yeah. know i i think that with their you know, and that kind of leads to leads to the biggest point right now that I think when you're a rebuilding team and your first eight games are the teams are so that their first eight games are Vegas twice, the Bruins twice, Toronto, Montreal, Colorado, and Pittsburgh. So that is Eight games, I believe, six of which are against legit Stanley Cup contenders. And then the other two, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh can beat anybody any night. And Montreal, they're rebuilding as well, but they're in a much different phase of their rebuild than the Blackhawks are. They're competing a little bit more. They have a much better roster than the Blackhawks do. Mm -hmm. So they haven't really been matched up talent-wise with anyone that they can skate with. And, I mean, you look at it, five of those, uh, you know, five of those games – five of those first eight games that they're playing um, the teams right now, Colorado, Boston, and Vegas, as of this moment are 19 and 0 combined. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so, I mean, they just can't, they will not compete with those teams. They just won't do it. So just based on that alone, this is going to get a little bit better. And they're, you're going to see the Blackhawks winning a few more games, not a ton, but you are going to see Bedard with more chances. You are going to see this starting to piece together. Hopefully you'll be seeing some young guys with a little bit more space and some opportunity. Maybe, just maybe, you'll see Lucas Reichel finally break out of this early season funk that he's in. Um, I mean, he is. it's been crazy how ineffective and, and nowhere he has been. Um, but again, I mean, I, I just don't like when you're facing those kinds of teams, they're mm-hmm. not ready for I mean, look at it. Look at the sketch. Look at also the records right now. I mean, Montreal is three, two, and one, so they're off yeah. to a solid start. I mean, Pittsburgh isn't, but they still have arguably one of the top five, 
two of the top five players or top 10 sure. players in the league. Sure. Um, and yes, they were fortunate to, to come back and win that game. And that's fine and all, um, you know, Toronto had a, you know, flat night, or if you want to chalk it up, everybody has an off night or the Hawks just happen to be playing their a game, but you know what, Toronto's four and two now and, and they're plus three. So we can't say that all of a sudden Toronto's a bad team. They probably had a bad night is what I'll say. I mean, the Hawks are going to be overmatched pretty much every single night, yeah. every night. Every day. Yeah, it's a team like Arizona or yeah, like they play Jose. they play Arizona. That's it. That's they play Arizona every, Monday night. They they get a chance to win that game. They yeah. but you know. everybody keeps picking Arizona to be like a surprise playoff pick. Like yeah, aside from Montreal, three and three. Yeah, yeah. What uh, Montreal didn't make the playoffs last year, and Pittsburgh right. didn't make the playoffs. That was it. Yeah, they they, they played playoff teams. They played mm-hmm. Stanley Cup contenders. Like, yep. and they're not even uh, close and, to that. No, I mean, Colorado and Vegas might be the two teams in the Western Conference final this year. Yeah. And if not, they're going to be, if not, they're going to be in a a huge battle in the second round of the playoffs. And and like we said, like the Mrazek and Soderblom were unbelievable the first two times out. And that might have to be the case for a lot of games until the defense finds their footing because Connor Murphy really hasn't been that good. Crap. He's been yeah. crap. Terrible. Aside from just getting hit by the puck, he hasn't yeah. really been any good on defense. Tenorti. Yeah, and you have right. three rookies, and, yeah. and you have an offense that, have, that can't score. We're yeah. all learning. Like, yeah, yeah the your, power play. Yeah, the power play. Your, the, Bo- the Boston Bruins, yeah, they did lose some firepower, and they haven't had – they haven't really been tested by a major right. club. They've only played one team, the L.A. Kings, that is probably – that is going to be a playoff team. And then everyone else are kind of in these middling rebuilding modes. But at the same time, regardless of who you are or who you're playing, they've only given up seven goals in their first six games. Yeah. And you have a team that they're playing against that is solely relying on an 18-year-old with you know inept line mates. And everyone's Just like, why? and everyone's like, why isn't Berdard doing anything? Because he's and, a kid. He doesn't have yeah. anyone to play with. The the roster, so the roster is just so thinly constructed, right? Like Obviously, it's based on you know youth and veterans, but they already have an injury to Taylor Hall. Yeah, well, Taylor yeah. Hall and was it, on the top yeah. line with Bedard. And so, if, you, takes... if you are if you are reliant on uh, the 2023-2024 version of Taylor Hall to win hockey games, you're not going to win a lot. Yeah, That's and exactly that, that, uh, and yeah. but uh, all of this, we're saying all this to say that this is still like you still if you see improvement for but you're going to see improvement from Bedard. You've already seen yes. it. You already seen and, it. And he's getting everybody's best shot. Like every time out, he's getting their top defenseman every time. Every every time. So I mean, he was matched up against Crosby, matched up against McKinnon. I mean, he matched was, up against Marsh Marshawn. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I mean he's get, he's getting respect. So yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, people have to like watch the games. You'll see the talent there and what he's able to create. And yeah. it's like, you know, but again, he's got nobody else. And, you know, at the same time, he just turned 18 and at the same, and he's also learning the game too. He's learning yeah. that the fact that, you know, his shot from 25 feet is not going to work every single time. Like yeah. he's got to move a little bit closer to the net yeah. and to get that shot yeah. out. No, this will be so, good for him. I mean, it'll be good for him. And yeah, I mean, so I, it's, you know, and, and again, I mean, he, he is there. He's going to learn. We said, we said in the original podcast before the season, we said his first 10, 15 games, there's going to be a learning curve. There are going to be times in the season where he does go off. It is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely going to happen. But the other part of that, folks, is be patient, number one. And number two, if he doesn't go off, he's still, he's still going to be a fantastic professional hockey player. 
And help is not on the way, at least not this season. It's not. Like, there's no one that's going to magically come in and change the season. And, folks, it won't be Patrick Kane. Sean, help. It won't be Patrick Kane. Emily Kaplan has now said it. So all these people who keep saying that uh, Bedard changed the calculus. It changed the calculus for the fans. Patrick Kane is still saying he's not coming to a rebuilding team. Like, yeah. he's not doing it. That's what the Bar- Blackhawks are. Chief, Barstool Chief and your infinite – moronic yeah. behavior stop who said they were going to be a playoff like team last stop year. tweeting things like that to try to get a ton of likes yeah you know, where it's just like there's no way a 34 year old patrick kane coming back from hip surgery in his in his last days you know in the nhl i mean maybe he has three years left who knows how long he has left is going to go back to a team that failed to build around him during the prime of his career and say oh, okay i'll just do this right it's, yeah it's just not right. happening it is where and happen. where all their prospect reinforcement to help out on offense maybe are a year or two away. And most of them are playing in college right now. They're not even in the system. They're all in college. Yeah. Well, it's, so, like, it's like, what is the upside? Like, what is the, what are you expecting? Like, he's not going to lead you to like three or four or five more. He's not going to lead you to a playoff spot. And right. so all he's doing is taking a roster spot from potentially another young guy Right. who can, you know, who can learn on the job and, you know, potentially be a future piece of this team. It's just, and, it's not worth it. Like you, we're, we're looking right. Hawks are looking right now for, for players that can grow with Bedard. Nothing, right. nothing more, nothing less. Kane does not have any more, you know, more than a couple of years, if that left, we haven't even seen him on the ice since his surgery. He may not even be what he once was, which we, he wasn't before the surgery. So therefore, who knows what he's going to be? There's no point in going after him. The barstool yutzes are going to barstool yutz, and so yeah, it, that's true. I, I, yeah. Even, I don't even know. I gave him the pleasure of bringing them up. It, yeah. yeah, and and Emily Kaplan said in her article that the Kane and the Blackhawks are on good terms. Sure, like he he texted Bedard. Him and Taves texted Bedard. Like they're going to be they're going to be retired on the rafters. They're going to be ambassadors yeah. for the team in the future. He just he wants to chase one more cup, which is he's earned that right. Go chase the cup. Go play for a team that's gonna be in the playoffs. But but stop saying that he's gonna come to the Blackhawks. He's not. And it's no. it's not worth it at this point because if anything, they're just hurting their draft also they're hurting their draft chances. And I quoted it last week, the last time we were on. Alex Vlasic said they were kind of intimidated by him being in the room. Because they literally idolized the guy growing up. Yeah. You're going to be playing with him. You're not going to be as vocal or apt to do things you would as opposed to like, right. yes, Nick Felino is the leader in the room and so is Corey Perry. But like Nick Felino is not going to the Hall of Fame. Right. But it was also smart to bring those types of guys in because they know how to play hockey. 100%. Professionals and they were professionals elsewhere. Like these guys can all learn the city and the fan base together. That's the one common thing that they have besides obviously the, you know, passion for playing hockey. But it's like these guys don't own the city like Kane and Taves did. So it's like right. you have these guys and it's like, "Oh, what do I do in this situation or that situation?" Like they can do that. And it's not going to Fel- be an issue. And Felino's going to hold these guys accountable. I mean, yeah. He had a quote today. I'm trying to find it after practice saying 
what did he say? Um, I think uh, so on the intense practice day because they had an intense practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't read all of it. I'll just read like the first sentence. I think that's the standard that we need to get to understand in this room. That's the kind of practice that will be nonstop all year long, as far as I'm concerned, as far yeah. as the way we compete. So like he's right. he's teaching he's teaching Bedard, he's teaching Korchinski, he's teaching Wyatt Kaiser. Yeah. Like all those guys are gonna learn from Felino how to be professional athletes. Exactly. It's exactly right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it's yeah, but I, I do like that that practice mentality. I mean, the bottom line is you did get shut out in your own building. Yeah. You know, and you can you can't do that regardless of how bad your team is or you know, or what you're going through. So yeah. Um but I don't know. It is hard to be patient. It is. I mean, we've been losing for so long. It 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 can be very frustrating, and I I certainly get that. But I don't really think I, there's I, much of a choice. And and <laughs> you know? fans, be patient with the losing because the losing right now is part of development. When they were losing prior to last season, it was just bad management. Like it was poor roster construction, bad management, and yeah. poor coaching. That's what that right. was. Stan Bowman. And his hire of Jeremy Colleton set this team. Stan Bowman's basically ineptitude set this team up to fail for a number of years. And now Kyle Davidson and his staff and the coaching staff is trying to build something for the future. So unfortunately, it's going to be a little, it's going to suck for the next year. Overall, the record's not going to be good, but there's going to be bright spots and things you could point to that, like, hey, this is this. And if this guy comes and like there's going to, there's going to be some excitement for the future. Yeah. The, uh, the one big, the one thing I, that I think in any rebuild, the hardest thing I think to get is a bona fide superstar number one center. Yeah. They got that literally year one in the rebuild. Right. They were lucky. Right. They had the you know the rabbit's foot uh, that they rubbed, and and it worked out that way. So they got the hard, the hardest thing out of the way. Now it's like okay, now it's building around him. And finding more star caliber and high quality players. I well, mean, it's gonna. It's just gonna take a while. It's, I mean, it's you don't time. Have, like yeah. you can't just all of a sudden walk like next summer and say, you know what, Hawks have to go spend on in free agency. Like that's just reckless. Yeah. You know, and that's just that's not how you rebuild. You know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. Um, you know, I. You know, the other thing is I, I, I think that, you know, when we're thinking about the Hawks and we're thinking about all these other players and, and some of their other young guys, I we can go back to Korchinski a little bit here. And, you know, I mean, Ray saw him live and said, oh, he's definitely not ready. And he's not. I mean, there are parts of his game that aren't ready. But I don't see any world where he doesn't stay. I, I think next week, by the end of next week, they're going to be like, he's here. And I think a lot of that is also because, you know, they're one injury away you know, from not knowing what to do with their defensive unit. Um, there's three big problems playing D right now. Zaitsev, Tenorti, and Wyatt Kaiser. You can't <clears throat> send Korchinski back because what are you going to do? Because then that would mean you need to bring someone up from Rockford who's also not ready. You know, and I think that some of these guys, you know, that they're probably working with Del Mastro and, um, you know, Nolan Allen and others that are in Rockford, I assume that they want to keep them down there for a little while. And so if you send Korchinski back to Seattle, that means one of those guys is coming up or an Isaac Phillips or something like that. I just don't see it happening, particularly when Wyatt Kaiser, you know, now all of a sudden, like we said, 
fans, don't turn on Wyatt Kaiser. We said two weeks ago, don't turn on him because it's the media and the organization's fault for propping him up when they shouldn't have propped him up because he's not ready. And now people are turning on him because he was downright lousy the other night. And he's just not ready. He's just not ready. Now, I do like him giving it to Bernard in practice. That I like seeing. That I like seeing. I mean, he's fighting for his job just like anybody else. So I don't mind him taking down Bernard in front of the net. Um, but anyway, thoughts on Korczynski? I mean, I know we revisited this 100 different times, and now there's two more games before that nine-game uh, that nine game minimum hits. I mean, I just don't see a world where they're like, you're going back to Seattle. I mean, they alluded to uh, on the broadcast the other night against uh, Boston that that um, he was here to stay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so Good. it sounds like that's going to be the case. I mean, look, the rules are the rules. So he, he it's either going back to junior hockey, which I think benefits nobody. I don't no. even think it benefits the Blackhawks, and I think it could set him back. Keep him here. And like I said in the last podcast, it's like let him roll. Let it, let him, you know, and if he has a couple of bad games in a row, you know, consider maybe sitting him for a game and give him like a mental break, you know, clear his mind, whatever, and then put him back in. But, you know, he's shown you enough glimpses as, as I understand he's been bad. I'm not going to say he hasn't been, but he's shown you enough glimpses offensively that you could keep him here and at least work on him. And remember the head coach is a former defenseman, so he can work with yeah. him every single day you know, and twice on Sundays. So that's, that's a benefit right there. So to me, I mean, I, I think they're going to keep him here. They're going to yeah. work with him. He's only what? 20, 19, 21. What, what, how old is he? Korczynski? Yeah. 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. He's a baby. So yeah. I, I think they're, yeah. they're just going to work with him and no one, look, the team even knows it. There's no expectations to, to win a cup, make the playoffs. They know it's all about development and progress. It's yeah, you got two teenagers. Play them. Yeah. yeah, establishing a culture. So it's like let's just keep these let these kids learn on the job. You know. Yeah, yeah. and injuries are going to happen. Like, yeah. uh, when's the last time Connor Murphy played eighty-two games? It, it hasn't oh, happened yeah. in a he's, while. He's not going to play a full season. So, like, we're going to see Isaac. I think Isaac Phillips will come up. He's marinated enough, I think, in Rockford. So mm-hmm. at least you'll see what you have in him. Yep. Uh, I would be. I would be shocked if we saw Del Mastro and Nolan Allen unless like it was dire because I think I think Alex Vlasic now is is the mold like Alex if you're not yeah. like like an like an elite skater or an elite talent in some level you let him marinate down in Rockford for at least a season that if makes not sense. longer yeah that makes uh, sense and and you look at Alex Vlasic like he's been solid defensively like good in his own end. He's made some decent passes, and I think Korchinski and Kaiser and all those guys can benefit from being in the NHL with, you know, Murphy and Seth Jones and Tenorti, just learning how to be a pro. And, yeah, like Bardo said, and you guys said, Korchinski has short flashes. I mean, the guy can skate. Yeah. Like, he can, like, some, he's going to make up for some of the mistakes he makes just because he's such a great skater that he's going to be able to get back. And point. interfere with the, the rush and stuff like that. So yeah. I think Korchinski's here to stay. Um, I think Isaac Phillips is probably the first. He's probably the, the man that's going to ride the, the Rockford Chicago shuttle when it comes to yep. defensive injuries. Yeah. Well, well, also, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kaiser got sent. 
Well, I that's what I was. I, I don't. I think he I needs would to prefer go. that sooner rather than later. I mean, I don't. You know, I guess Isaac Phillips is another left-handed shot defenseman. I know everyone's so concerned that they have all these left-handed shot defensemen, but he has experience playing on the right side. Right now, they have no idea where to put Kaiser on the right or the left. And um, yeah, he's been paired with Tenorti. He's been paired with Zaitsev. Um, but at the same time, it just kind of is what it is, kid. And um, and every time he's out there, it's the Blackhawks seem to be pinned in their own zone for minutes at a time. And um, I just the kid needs to develop his game and he needs to learn how to handle the puck at a lesser level of hockey. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make him a bad prospect. That doesn't no. like, you know, d- no. it, it, it's not to minimize what he could be at some point. But, you know, you talked about the, the Vlasic method. And get, getting a full tour of Rockford, you know Isaac. Phil, I, I think the Blackhawks would be better off with Isaac Phillips in the lineup. Yeah, I was thinking. That I, I think I, it's, I actually think it's that simple. I just I think Isaac Phillips. They would have a. They would have more sound hockey games. Yeah, because this, he, uh, when you can get on a roll and you get something going, and then all of a sudden you put a defensive pairing out there, and one of them's a kid and isn't entirely sure what to do, and then you know you're pinned. It changes the game. Yep, it changes the game, and. Um, you know, again, I I don't, you know, are they Cur- Kirby docking Wyatt Kaiser right now? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. You know, but you know, you don't want to see this kid get to a point where there's a, you know, where he doesn't really know what to do anymore. Yeah, yeah, and and Kaiser's got more talent than Isaac Phillips. Let's just say that he's got For more. Sure. talent. he's yeah, a better skater. Sure. But but maybe you just need a, another just ho hum, solid def- solid ish defenseman on your blue line it's going to stop so many shots going on net kaiser can play also how many minutes a night is kaiser playing he's not playing was he playing like maybe 10 15 minutes a night yeah in rockford he's going to be playing 20 to 25 like he's going to play top pairing minutes so that's going to help his development i mean isaac phillips he's you know he's 22 years old and he's been a professional hockey player you know, he's in his third full season of being a professional hockey player. Yeah. You know, I mean, he knows he, how to be a pro. Wyatt, Wyatt Kaiser signed and showed up for nine games and is now being thrown in there right away. And I just, there's an experience factor about playing with fast grown men that I don't think Kaiser has yet. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do think it's going to come to a head at some point, you know, I anticipate, um, you know, at, Three o'clock Pacific uh, tomorrow afternoon. Wyatt Kaiser is going to be running for his life in Las Vegas um, while they're just buzzing around like crazy. Um, I was going to say hockey- we don't mean naked down the strip. So. No, 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 right? Yeah, I don't. I don't mean into bad things. In we could city. we couldn't find a spot, so here's four bucks. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> But I mean, I and I, I mean, the whole team tomorrow is going to be running for their lives. I mean, yeah. they're just going to be they're going to be chasing the game. Um, you know, may I don't know. I maybe you know you never know when you catch a, a really good team on an off night. You still got to play the games. They're not played on paper. Um, they might have more some more. They'll have more chances offensively than they did against the Bruins shutdown D. But um, and I like that they're going into this after a hard day of practice and they're not doing a morning skate tomorrow. Uh, that seemed to be a really, really good recipe versus Toronto. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they'll catch a sleepy Vegas team. But either way, I mean, I don't. If Wyatt Kaiser has another really rough outing tomorrow, that there has to be a conversation when he gets home about, you know, a, a tour of duty 
in rock vegas mm -hmm. not lost but rock vegas so anyway what else you guys got going on tonight anything in the nhl that's worth noting you know we talked about all these undefeated teams are good and i don't know the team that we love to hate uh, or used to love to hate the detroit red wings are uh looks like they're on the prowl are they ready are they, are they legit contenders an old face in a new place. Alex Dabrinkit's lighting the lighting the world on fire with uh, Detroit. Yeah, he's dead. that whole Atlantic Division is just such a. It's going to be a battle all year. I mean, stacked. it's like it's it's really is stacked because I I think I got to believe that that you know Buffalo and Florida are going to you know pick it back up. And look, Florida's five hundred right now, and and they're you know a little banged up, but. I got to believe that those two will, will come around. And, and yeah. I mean, Ottawa looks like it might be turning a corner. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm not really optimistic that Montreal can keep this up, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Montreal will keep it up. I think Detroit, if Detroit and Buffalo have arrived, and that has changed that entire division. Yep. And um, and uh, speaking of, like we were saying, Patrick Kane, one of the two of the three teams he wants to go to are Buffalo. He'll go to Buffalo, Detroit. Or the Rangers, so that could change the dynamic there too. Like he could be paired with uh, Alex Dabrinkit again. Brinkin, is, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, we were Bardo and I were joking about that right before we got started here. The idea of Patrick Kane to the to the Red Wings six seven weeks ago was laughable um, yeah. when that was being thrown out there, and everyone was like, "Oh, no way, no way!" And then um, now it's all of a sudden it's uh, it's realistic. It could happen. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan, I mean, pretty good landing spot for him. Yeah, um, Dylan, they're uh, yeah the, they're the top four in the top four in the Atlantic right now. Boston six and zero, oh, Detroit five one and one, Toronto four and two, Tampa Bay three two and two. They're all in action tonight. Montreal is three two and one, Ottawa's three and three, Florida's three and three, and Buffalo is eighth in the Atlantic right now, and they're three four and zero, oh, but they're good. So yeah. that division is. Uh, is the real deal. And a lot of them have not played each other that much yet. I don't think. Mm -mm. I mean, Boston has not, Boston has not played an in-division foe yet in their first seven games. Jeez. And they've got Detroit on Saturday night in Boston, which will be a battle, which will be an awesome hockey game. Mm -hmm. And Boston might be seven and zero after tonight going into that. Then they've got Toronto on November 2nd, Toronto and Boston play, which will be an epic showdown. Everyone's wondering if uh, if Reeves and Lucic will fight for the first time. If Lucic is healthy, he's been out. Uh, Bertuzzi. Have they, never, have they never fought? Never fought. They've eyeballed each other a few times. They've, you know, a couple elbows, some sticks, but they've never gone toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Oh, um, but Frederick and Reeves might go. I don't know. Revo's going to be chasing someone around. It's um, interesting think, that both yeah. Colorado and Boston are both 4-0 and on the road. That's crazy. Yeah. Both six and zero, and they're four and zero on the road. Right, and then the Metropolitan. I mean, I, Carolina's surprisingly three and four, but that's that's what they did last year. They kind of yeah. lurked in the weeds for a little while, and then they came on late, and then they made a made a pretty decent run there. Well, let's um, remember, Carolina was also three and one not too long ago. They lost three straight, so yeah. that's why they're they're you know it, it's a little tainted. Yeah, um, but. I, the Flyers are a surprise. I mean, at three, two, and one already. Those, I mean, that'll slow down. That'll slow down. That'll I mean, the Devils down. will pick it up. I mean, the Rangers will hang around the top of the division probably. Columbus, yeah. I don't think that's really sticking around either. So yeah. three, two, and no, one. I don't, 
Yeah, I don't think Columbus is sustainable. Jack yeah. Hughes just looks – Jack Hughes looks really, really good already for the Devils. Yeah, he looks like an MVP candidate. Yeah. yeah. Well, just, and then, and they, they, they're not known for their flash. They're just always kind of around. But uh, if you look at the Central, I mean, Dallas is 4-0-1. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they just, you know, they're, I mean, they're flying under the radar at 4 yeah. one Yeah. I mean, I, I live out East, so everyone only talks about the East, but the West Coast teams are so legit this year. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty glaring. Even Vancouver, 4-2. and two. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, Edmonton, is it time to worry about the Edmonton Oilers with McDavid out and they're 1-4-1 and one to start the season? I think they said the other night that McDavid may not miss as much time as expected. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be back for that Heritage Classic game against Calgary Mm -hmm. on Sunday, but I would stink if he's not because it's a national TV game. Yeah, those are always fun. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I heard he's not going to miss as much time as they thought. But but you're right. I mean, it doesn't matter. 1-4-1 is 1-4-1, and and they still have talent. They still have Dreisaitl on that team, among others. They they sh- they yeah, their, their, their goalies have not been good though. Jack Campbell's one in three with a four three point five goals yeah, against. He's not good. Skinner's yeah. Skinner's only played twice and he's four two and four point two nine goals against. Yeah, like, yeah. I know it's early, but like, yeah. And I haven't watched him enough to say if it was, it's the goaltending or the defense, but I mean. That's been the that's been the knock on Edmonton ever since uh, McDavid's been there. They haven't yep. had a decent goalie, and their defense has been soft, soft at best. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Columbus, pretty decent start, three two and one. They're up three one against the Habs tonight. So Columbus, all of a sudden, back in the picture, just like that. Um, and Seattle's got a two one lead, you know, late second against Carolina, which is interesting because both of those teams, you know, record wise, are you know slowish start. Yeah. Well, yeah, Colorado may lose their first tonight, by the way. They're down 3 nothing, late second to Pittsburgh. Wow. Ooh. There you go. Goals by Lars Eller, Riley Smith, and Riley Smith. I'll have a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. <laughs> and then, uh, and Dallas, actually, uh, the other undefeated team, they're already down one nothing, late first to uh, Toronto. So, yeah. Lots of good stuff going around the NHL. Well, we'll see tomorrow. Tomorrow night, the Blackhawks will. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd, it'd be yeah. great if they can keep it close. It'd be great I, if they could come out of there somehow with a point. That would be fun. Um, obviously, goaltending. I think it's Arvid's turn, and he will. Believe, yep. To, uh, he'll have to be uh, special just to have a fighting chance. So it is a fan who gets it. Yeah. I agree with you, Jacob. Where you been, buddy? Lots to be excited about. That's a good take, buddy. I like yep, it. That's a real good take. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Spot yep. on. A lot um, to be excited about. Good future. Yeah. Well, any uh, final uh, any final thoughts? What do you got, Shawnee? You got something on your mind? Yeah. So uh I, I remember uh we were everybody was on the Jackson Stauber hype train, oh, uh, I believe, in the offseason. Uh, just to let everyone know, he's allowed seven goals in one game mm. with the Rockford Icehawks. So, mm. just uh, good. maybe pump the brakes on. He's the you know the heir apparent. Uh, Wooter Peters was the heir apparent at one point too. So. <laughs> Wooter <laughs> Peters, yeah, you know, awesome. Love it. Uh, we've we've already brought up Alpo Suhanen on a couple of these podcasts. So uh, Wooter Peters had to make a Wooter appearance. Peters, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then um, your guy, Andy, uh, Philip Kershev returned to the lineup. He did? He did. And apparently good. Richardson said he had the, the best game. He had his best game. He was the yeah. best player on the ice. Well, I don't – I mean – what you see is what you get with that guy, you know. I mean, I don't steady Eddie, steady Eddie. He's just somehow he's like we said. There could be, you know, the United Center could fall apart. All sorts of bad things can happen. They could sell the team, and somehow Kershaw would just be like, "I'm still here." Yeah, you know, he's just always around. No, he's you know he's useful for who he is, and. um yeah, I don't know. Good guy to have around. We'll see. I don't. Will he survive the next phase of this thing? You know, I, I really, I actually, I don't know. Some people say three years. Some people say five years. I actually think in two years the Hawks are gonna be competing again. I guess the big question is: is there are there any young forwards that they currently have in the system that will be ready to step up next year and be part of this thing? And I don't know if if Frankie. Nazar Nazar at University of Michigan will be ready to come in right away. Maybe if this was his second full season in Michigan, but he did have that ACL injury last year. So, you know, he won't even have two full seasons of college hockey. It probably wouldn't even be the worst thing if he went back for one more year. I don't know if he, if he even signs with them in March, he might even go back for a junior year at Michigan. Um, you know, and other than that, I don't know how many of those guys in, uh, in Rockford – Ready. Is it Colton Doc really? Is that the no? But but I mean I, I I'm I don't I Colton Doc. I mean he could be a good pro maybe. I mean he could be a 10, 15 goal guy at some point. But I just you know I mean I I I don't think out of their early draft picks that where there's real real talent to help help out Bedard. If they if they're serious about really wanting to take a step next year, they're going to have to sign some guys in free agency. I mean I think which I just, honestly yeah. like. I don't think they should do that. I mean, why blow no. all your cap when you're just, you know, no. and just start to like plug yeah. guys in a free agency. I mean, I mean, you could go for cheap guys, but you know, quite frankly, like uh, or maybe like a middle tier guy. Well, I don't, yeah. I, I think it depends on, it, it, it depends on who's out there. It depends on what age they are and it depends on what they can do to help the team at the time. I mean, if they next year, I, I, I do think it is worth at least investigating getting Bedard some better players to skate with. Yeah, I don't think you can't have Connor Bedard do what he's doing for two years in a row. No, no, and and carrying on. I mean, at least some sort of line mate out there that you know, a pending UFA, who is a little bit on the younger side, who someone says, "All right, well, we're gonna there's gonna be one more tough year, and then we're gonna be ready to go, and we'll sign you for four years." Yeah, you well, know, I, mean, look, I mean, if there's on the trade market, like if there's somebody yeah. that decides that, like right. exactly. you know, it, like they don't want to play somewhere anymore, that is like a legit you know, scoring winger, then yeah, I mean, that would be somebody I could potentially see them going after. I don't know who that is, but I'm just saying like that kind of a player would be, you know, and look, maybe by then the, the Reichel experiment will be over and he becomes like the legit wing that he needs, you know, yeah. for the future. Yeah, yeah. Jacob's question. Um, I thought uh, Luke Richardson said that they, I think they're going to experiment some more in November. So like yeah. next week sometime they're gonna start tinkering yeah. again. So I could see Reich like Bardo said, I could see Reichel being moved off off a of center and being moved to the wing. Well, who plays center if you move him to the right <laughs> wing? I mean, God, their lineup is just rubbish. Um, Radish doesn't play center. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I or do you just I, if they're gonna tinker and they're gonna play around? And I, I know we've said this before. At some point, if you're gonna move him back to the wing, 
try him with Bedard often. Why not? I mean, you may, and then just put someone, you know, tough and muscular on their other flank to win a lot of pucks. Um, so I don't know. I don't see that it, it, he doesn't look like a center. I don't know. He just doesn't have that presence. He just doesn't seem to have the wherewithal. He just doesn't seem to have the defensive responsibility. I'm just not sure, you know, Reichel. I, and it's not about having points. You know, it's just about the the eye test as far as being effective in three zones. I just not sure Lucas Reichel is that hockey player. You know, who is a free agent, though, come summer of 2024, um, which is really interesting to think about, is Brent Seabrook. Oh, I was going to say, if any of his has got to be out there someplace. Now he's with Pittsburgh's AHL team. Brent Seabrook comes off the books for Tampa Bay. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll do his jersey retirement after they do uh, Chelios's. Brent, Brent Seabrook. Wow. Um, also, another thing, uh, uh, probably, probably going to start here. It's going to start here in like 15 minutes. University of Minnesota versus Wisconsin. All right. In hockey. That's like a Oliver Moore, Sam Renzel, another Hawks prospect, going to go mm-hmm. in that one. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Yeah, that'll be a good one. I'm sure it'll be on – I would hope it'd be on ESPN Plus someplace or maybe Big Ten Network because that's a – Minnesota's a, a ranked team, I believe. I think, I think it's Big Ten Network. I think you're yeah. right about that. Okay, yeah, that might be a, that might be a good one to check out and look at some of the future of the Hawks. Yeah, uh, I mean Oliver Moore is as advertised. I mean that's he's going to be good. Uh, yeah, such a great pick. Now it's two, maybe three seasons away. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, it he, won't be next year. It might not even be the year after that. But he yeah. is that that kid's a player. Did that Gates? I think absolutely steal. And they didn't even have to get out, give anything up to get him. Uh, I know um, the NHL just voted on um, decentralizing the draft yeah it's but i believe but i believe like during the last draft uh Kyle davidson was on the phone trying to trade up with anybody to get more turns right. out they just he just fell to him so right. i thought that was that was pretty good and uh i believe gate uh i think gate said in the last time out i thought he'd heard or reference or maybe it was you andy um, that I guess the plan is more to at least play three years at the University of Minnesota. So when the Hawks are ready to roll, uh, or at least close to ready to roll, maybe more just comes right over and inserts into the lineup. So he doesn't yeah. need to marinate at Rockford. You know, I, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know the answer to this question, but from a prospect perspective, I was thinking, are there any in Europe that may be ready to come over? Aside oh, from yeah. Scott Powers, uh, you know, love who's that winger that that's like he's got uh, like what is his name? Uh, this is gonna kill me. What is his name? Shulinov. Yeah, Shulinov. Max Shulinov. I mean, he's got to be forty-five at this point. Yeah, who might come over in twenty forty-five? Uh, yeah, when the when the apocalypse happens and it's him and Kurashev, yeah, <laughs> playing. But no, like sometimes there's guys there that that may have marinated a little bit more, and we kind of like they're like out of sight, out of mind, and maybe those guys might be, you know, close to being ready. I know the NHL game is a lot different than KHL, but at least you know you're getting somebody who may be a little bit more developed. Yeah. Um, so I know uh, Roman. I'm gonna butcher his name. Reigns. Uh, right. uh, no, can't or whatever. He was the second round pick this year. Yeah. Kind of he uh, 
he had some highlight reel goals over in uh over in Russia recently. I I don't maybe I don't know. I thought the deal was you had at least signed for three years in the KHL before you came over. I think that's why everybody stayed away from Mitchkoff. In addition to him being like a horrible human being, according to, <laughs> uh, um, according to some unnamed sources. <laughs> <laughs> horrible human being. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, let's hope for a good showing tomorrow night. You know, just so we have to, you know, have something good to talk about. Maybe a goal or two here from some key players. Hey, uh, I would take a five-four loss and a wildly entertaining hockey game tomorrow I would night. Too. I just uh, don't. You know, I mean, they they only have three goals in their last three outings, and they all came in one game. Yeah. I mean, I almost think the best you have to hope for, actually, believe it or not, in terms of getting him like another quality scoring winger or whatever, is like another top three to five pick. Like, if you think about it, Kane and Taves were back-to-back years. So were, I think, Malkin and um, uh, and Crosby were back-to-back years. It's yeah. almost like you got to have to hope on that. But, yeah. but didn't didn't when the, when the Hawks drafted Kane and Taves, didn't they have uh, Marty Havlat at the time, too? Have Splat, yeah, for the two games that he played, yeah, yeah, Mach nine, you know, yeah, who yeah. never played. This is one last question that Jacob asked. Jacob's our guy tonight. He's asking some great questions. Sammy, question about Sammy Rinzel, uh, yeah, the draft pick at- from a couple years back. He's at the University of Minnesota. He's got three apples in their first four games, and is going to be a really good college yeah. hockey player. Uh, he needs to develop. He'll be there for a while. He's a freshman. Yeah, yeah, he's going to he be the young when they drafted years. him. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not a one and dunner, but I mean he's he's six four, but he's a buck eighty. So yeah. you know, I think he's, that he's, he's going to be a good pro. I mean, I think he's going to be a part of that refined decor and he a right shot. 19. And he shoots from the right, so he's mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be a good one. And he can um, skate well too. Wasn't he the best skater in the USHL when they drafted him? The best yes. skater, I thought. Yes, yeah. and he was. I think he was Mister Hockey in Minnesota before yep. he uh, finished out his high school career, and then went to the Waterloo Blackhawks of the USHL. He did one more year there last year, where he, you know, did fifty-eight games and he had thirty-six points and was a plus fourteen. And so far already this year with the with the Gophers in four games, he's got three points. He's got three yeah. assists, so he's seen regular minutes as a as a freshman defenseman mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, which is not. That regular, unless you are, unless your last name is Hughes. So, yeah, you know, I think that I, I think it's very, very promising that Sam Renzel. Um, again, though, folks, I think the thing that's so tough is anytime we talk about a prospect, we're saying just wait, just wait, just wait, because it, it, it's just it's going to be a long, long time. I mean, mm-hmm. when Connor Bedard is 22 and he's getting over 100 points a year, the Blackhawks are going to be. Cup contenders at last. And, yeah, and yeah. you can grow facial hair. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I always I always think back to one of my favorite movies. Yes, it's a baseball movie, but Moneyball, this is a process. This is a process. Yeah. This is a process. And That's and what it is. And, it, and the same message to all you Bedard <laughs> haters out there who think he stinks or is a bust. Most of you are not from Chicago. Most of you live in my neighborhood, unfortunately. Uh, but to all of you folks that think that way you're welcome to think whatever you want but my message is the same and that's just wait just yes wait. and just watch wait. the games you'll see the impact he makes it's already. coming yeah it's yeah. coming and the calder trophy hey if maddie p in boston wins it congratulations guys you can put his calder trophy right there with your president's trophy and um 
you know, that's take it downtown and print it. <laughs> that's all very well. Didn't Jim Carrey win the Calder Trophy? The goalie? Probably. I don't know. There's I know he's won some. Oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about the comedian. I know he's won some Razzies. That's for sure. But hmm. it, 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 who cares? These trophies are worthless. Who cares? I want cup rings. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. I want cup rings. Yeah, I, don't I don't care about that, president's yeah. trophies or any of that bullshit. Yeah. There's, no, been some damn, there's been some damn good Calder trophy winners. Yeah, there has been. I mean, look at this. From, this is from 2015 on. Aaron Blad in 15, 16, Artemi Panarin, 17, Austin Matthews, 18, Matthew Barzell, 19, Elias Peterson, 2020, Kale McCarr, 2021, Kirill Kaprasov, 2022, Moritz Seider and Maddie Berniers last year in 2023. It's a pretty good roster. Nathan McKinnon in 2014, if we wanted to drop back one more year. I'm trying to think, there actually has not been a bum that has won the Calder Trophy in recent years. I guess maybe Steve, Steve, Steve Mason, Mason? Steve yeah. Mason in 2009. Yeah, that, uh, Tyler know, Myers the, maybe might fit into that one too. Uh, Barrett Jackman won it in 2003 during, <laughs> the, dead, during the dead puck era. So oh, that makes yeah. sense. Danny Heatley. Danny Heatley, some good ones. Well, at any rate, folks, thanks for joining us tonight, those of you that could make it. And go Hawks. Just keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep believing. Um, again, it's going to be a really long year, uh, but hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about. You know, there will be some games where the Hawks do well, and uh, that is uh, well on his way. And like our buddy Jacob says, sounds like the future is bright. I'm just going to read this, Jacob, because it's a great sediment. Sounds like the future is bright. Growing pains are just a part of it. Thanks for all the solid works, dudes. That's us. And thanks for all the solid works, Hawks. And um, all good things, Jacob. Tell your friends we're okay. Really appreciate your support tonight. Yeah, all we right. need some more Bard fans. We need some more <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll have a great night. Go Hawks. And uh, we'll see what comes up tomorrow. Take care.